The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Episode 7, How Do Catholics Pray? Hey, welcome to the Right Stuff Podcast, and I'm Kevin. I'm Casey. And you're here to hear about how Catholics pray. Yeah, Episode great one. 7 already. Episode That's 7. That's pretty amazing. Cool. Wow. So, uh... Glad when you're having fun. Yeah. What about prayer? What about prayer? Prayer. What does it mean? If I communication. Said to you, communication. Yeah, that's because you're a Catholic, right? I know, right? Right? Yeah, you thought you had me. I know, I thought I had you for a <laughs> second, right? Uh, prayer is basically communication. You yeah, and we're going we're gonna to kind of get into that because in that dictionary between Catholic ease and non-Catholic ease, oftentimes non-Catholics think that uh, prayer only equates to worship. So if we're, we're, if we're communicating with the Trinity, God... <laughs> Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's worship. Like we're, we're literally talking to the Holy Trinity. However, if we are communicating with the Blessed Mother, Mary, or we're communicating with a saint, basically it's literally <coughs> communication. Thanks to Michael Foley and uh, Drinking with the Saints, our, one of our favorite books. Today, our episode is uh, dedicated to St. Bodius. It's his feast day on October 23rd, right? Mm-hmm. And do you want to tell us a little, about, a little bit about him? Yeah, St. Bodius was a well-educated Roman who climbed the ladder of political success and was unjustly condemned for treachery and sorcery by envious and corrupt men. And some believe that he actually died a martyr for the Catholic faith. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I know. Uh, today's drink that is in the, the Drinking with the Saints book um, is a semi-original drink based on the Good Fortune, which is a little bit earlier in the book. But uh, we call it the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, lemonade is the bitter sweetness of chance. And the lemon garnish, of course, is the wheel. Wheel of Fortune, right? The drink uh, also hides the alcohol well, which correspond to um, Lady Philosophy's observation that good fortune is deceptive, while bad fortune is instructive. Is. Is <laughs> instructive, right? So the Wheel of Fortune, what's in, what's in the Wheel of Fortune? This is a good, good citrusy drink as far as I'm concerned. What do we got, Case? Well, let's see. We got one and a fourth ounce of vodka. Three quarters of an ounce Ounch, ounch, <laughs> ounce of orange curacao liqueur. Why do I get so tongue-tied on these things? Orange curacao liqueur. You struggle every episode. I do, I do with, like, tongue-tied. Uh, Six ounces of lemonade. And then, like, a lemon wheel for garnish, because, you know, it's the Is wheel. Is it like a women wheel? Women <laughs> <laughs> ledge? Lemon wedge. It's oh, the you wheel. shut your mouth. I know, I know, I know. I have, I have issues. <laughs> so we're gonna put all those ingredients in a in a, a shaker, except for the lemon wheel, filled with ice. Shake how many times? Forty. Forty, because it's the number. And we're gonna strain it into a glass that's filled with ice. Okay. Uh, and le- like we don't own a Poco Grande glass. Like we need the Poco Grande glass. It seems like a lot of these drinks go in there. Or a hurricane glass. Um, and then we're going to garnish it with a lemon wheel. I feel like wheel. it's probably like a margarita glass. Like a hurricane glass is like a tall, skinny, but like... Margarita sort of. Like a, a good fruity drink goes yeah. in those things. Yeah, 100%. So 
We need we need to get ourselves a couple of Poco Grande glasses. Yeah, we gotta start cool. finding those. So anyway, we're gonna mix the cocktail and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, let you fix one for yourself. And Saint Bodius. And Saint Bodius. Pray yeah, for fix us. it with Saint Bodius. Pray for us, right? And and uh, we'll be back in a second. All right, y'all. So uh, here we go with the Wheel of Fortune. It's very lemony, and it, it's really it really is. It's yeah. really tart. Here Cheers. goes nothing, right? Cheers. Yum. Okay, let's see. Ooh, I like that. That's good. I actually like that a lot. It's uh, refreshing. I honestly haven't found a cocktail so far that we've made from this book that's like not my favorite. You know, it's it's really hard for me to find a cocktail that I <laughs> that's not my favorite. I, I can understand that. I can totally understand I think that. there's only a few that I can count on one hand. 100%. So, uh, okay, let's get back to prayer. Prayer. Uh, communication. We established that earlier. It's, it's, it's a communication between us and folks that have gone between us, um, and that, uh, gone between before us, us between before us, us, before us, oh my gosh, folks that have gone before uh-huh. us, um, and that kind of establishes that it's basically communication, okay, so if I sit here and I say, hey, Casey, um, I've got this thing going on, will you pray for me, um, as one of my BFFs, I'm hoping you're gonna say, hey, yeah, I will, yeah, right, absolutely. yeah, of course, um, and so, they got you, boo, Right, and we're both, according to the definition of who we are, we're both alive, right? We're both living, our hearts beating, blood's flowing through our veins, like we're alive. I hope so. um, however, folks that have gone before us, um, we kind of established this once before in an earlier podcast, is God the God of the living or God of the dead? Living. He's God of the living, right? So living. everybody who is in heaven is also alive in Christ, right? And therefore, they're just as alive as we are, and they're part of the same church. And so we can ask them... Just like we can ask each other to pray for us, right? Um, the cool thing about that is the fact that if you think about this, okay, like I hate the road systems in Nashville and they're terrible and traffic's terrible and potholes are terrible. I could ask you, Casey, to like fix the potholes. It's not um, going to get you very I was going to say, I'm not sure it would get me very far. But if I ask my congressman, um, hey, can you like take this request to the state and see if something can happen with these roads? Um, he is a little bit closer to the source of where the answers might come from. Right. right. So if we ask someone in heaven to pray for us, we might have a chance that they're sitting closer to God and might have a little bit more influence than pee on me. Who's still sitting here on the face of this earth. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Totally cool. The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Episode 7, How Do Catholics Pray? All right, so let's let's talk about prayer a little bit. And if we think just back maybe 400 years, not even a long time ago, right? Mm-mm. So I say to you, like, I'm... I'm one of Shakespeare's actors. Like we've we've already established, we both like to do theater and that kind of Romeo, thing, right? Romeo, 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 Romeo. 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 Um, I, say, I nailed that audition. You right did, now, by the way. Yeah, I would yeah. hire you. Yeah, I'm just thanks. saying. <laughs> uh, Casey, I pray thee. What does that mean? Uh, does that mean I'm worshiping you? Like you're asking me, or I'm like you're asking you. 
Okay. I'm entering into dialogue. I'm entering into a dialogue to ask you a question. Casey, I pray thee. Um, that means I'm communicating with you, right? It, it, it's an entrance to communication. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we look at it even 400 years ago, prayer didn't mean worship. I right. pray thee. Um, in today's language, for a lot of non-Catholics, that would mean, oh my God, I worship Casey. Like I pray to her and like all that, all that kind of stuff. No, I don't. Um, I ask her to pray for me because Lord knows I need it, but gosh, 100%. But the whole point is, um, it's that, it's kind of that simplistic. If we literally go back to that, that simplicity there, I pray thee means I'm entering into communication with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's no different than saying in today's language, Casey, will you pray for this request or will you pray for me? Like mm-hmm. I've got this job offer. Will you pray for me? Or my mom is 91 and someday she has rough days and some days good days. Will you pray for, for her? And will you pray for me for strength? And, and of course you're going to say yes. I know you'll say yes. You say every time, every time I ask you, you say yes. So, uh, and let's be honest. I mean, language and how we say things has changed a lot just in the past like 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, what? even even going back to, of course, Shakespeare's time. Right, right. But like, I mean, even just if you say, oh, we're going out. I mean, right. now today it means something different it means than what it did in the means we're probably dating 50s. if we were going out. Exactly. Right. right. And, and now today... Or I'm sorry. In the 50s, it was it was something like a bunch different. of friends probably piled in the car and were like going right. to the hamburger joint and like Correct. hanging out together, right? Correct. Um, there's a deacon at our church, and I used to love this. It used to make me giggle so hard because it was one of those things when it was kind of one of those little naughty things when he would say, you know, when I was well, when I was a kid in the 60s, I would tell my mom, "Hey, I'm going to go out with my friends and we're going to hook up." Let's think about that's that for a, yeah, a quick second. Yeah, that's a completely different like 50 meaning. 50 years later, it means something. It's a completely different right? meaning. It means something completely different to of us course. today, right? And so that's a little iffy when, when, we're, when we're talking about that kind of stuff. So um, when, when we talk about prayer, basically for Catholics, it's communication. Like if we're talking to a friend who happens to be on this earthly plane of existence with us, we ask them to pray for us. Which, uh, for us, is intercessory prayer. Like, mm-hmm. wherever two or more come together and, and, and we're asking for this, two are better than one. And so I'm going to ask people to pray with me, right, and pray for me. Um, and they're going to bring my same prayer to God himself, right? That doesn't mean that skips anything along the way. By asking Casey to pray for me, am I leaving God out of the equation? No. Are we both praying to God? God is still brought in. He's right. just also right. brought in through, through me. another person. Right. Right? Okay. So I think we established before we took the break, and we're, we're still sipping on our, our uh, cocktail, that when we're in heaven, we're alive in Christ. Like, those, those folks who are in heaven that have gone before us are as alive in heaven as we are here. So if I can ask... Casey, who's alive, to be able to pray for me, what's different than asking someone who happens to be in heaven? And part of the church militant. Right. Yeah. Uh, church triumphant. Sorry, we're, triumphant. We're, yeah, we're, I'm sorry. We're, 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 we're militant. Oh, gosh, No, it's good. Guys. No, it's Again, good. Again, I'm the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> I'm the beauty no, radio no, voice. No, it's totally all good. Because um, there is the church militant, those of us here who are finding, the church triumphant, 
those who have made it to heaven, and the church suffering. Purgatory. Whoops, can of worms. We're gonna uh, we're gonna yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that one night. Like that's a whole big deal. That's a whole giant ordeal. That, yeah, that's we won't talk problem. about it tonight while we're talking about prayer, but the whole point is um, we're all alive in Christ, everybody. Like, um, one of the things that I feel like is a really common misconception, like people think you die and you're like a body with a soul. Well, guess what? We're souls with bodies. We're, we're souls with shells, right? Mm-hmm. And so God creates this beautiful spiritual being um, he knows our name in the womb before we're ever born. Like we're this spiritual being that gets imbued beautifully between a dad and a mom in the womb, right? And then we're born and he knows us before we're even born, right? So we've got this soul that he is completely connected to. And we've got this shell on the outside. When we leave this earthly plane of existence, Obviously, that shell goes away. Like, we die, and that shell goes away, and it's buried. But guess what keeps going on? Our soul. Our soul. Our soul, right? Uh, It completely continues. Um, That is the most important thing that stays alive forever. Mm -hmm. It's forever. It's eternal. Like, it doesn't go away. So the minute that we're born, we've got this eternal soul that lasts forever. And once we get to heaven, we're still alive. We're completely alive. So... If I can ask you to pray for me, because you're alive. I'm alive. There's no different than asking like my patron saint, St. Blaise, to assist me and intercede on my half and to pray for me. Like, if I can't ask him, that means philosophically and through deduction, I can't ask you, right? Like, sure. if I can't ask him, I can't ask you. We're all alive. Mm-hmm. We're all in the church together. If I can't ask him, I can't ask you. Right. But I ask you almost every day for mm-hmm. something, right? I also ask him almost every day for something, too. Okay, well, here's a question, though. Okay, go. <clears throat> so what if you are praying to... And by praying to, I mean, like, you're in communication with... Praying to. Praying to. <laughs> right. And, right. Right. Um, so uh, somebody that you love that has gone before you... Right. But they, maybe they're in purgatory. Right. Right now. Right. If you are praying to them and you're in communication with them, do those prayers and does that communication go unanswered or or unheard? Never. It never goes unheard. Prayers are always efficacious. Okay. So whether I, okay, so this is really funny. Um, my, my dad's mom, my maternal grandmother, her name is Elizabeth. Um, I, she was the only, like most of my grand, my, my mom's mom passed away before when I was like six months old. So I never really knew her. Sure. My, both of my grandfathers died when I was six and eight. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my dad's mom was the only grandparent I had till I was 33. Okay. So she was like the queen bee in my life. Like I love that woman, like Mm -hmm. nobody's business. And when she died, it was one of the hardest moments of my life. Okay. But, um, that woman was literally a living saint. She was a living saint. Um, so in this capacity, like in this day and age, I think of her like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like I, I affectionately refer to her as St. Elizabeth of Newark, New Jersey, because that's where she lived. Right? Okay. <laughs> so she's in Newark, New Jersey. Um, but can you give us a sample of how she talks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, okay. but, but the whole point is like, she was this amazing human being, um, endured so much. 
that I that it was I'm really hard pressed to think that she's probably not enjoying and basking in the fruits of heaven right now mm-hmm. in in the in the eyes of Jesus Christ. And so the beauty of that is the fact that okay, maybe she's not yet. Maybe she's in purgatory. Gosh, this is open in giant cancer worms and we're getting into this before sure. we actually talk about purgatory. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to pause this conversation really quickly and tell all of our listeners, um, the beauty in purgatory is not that it's like this middle ground place. It's not a second chance. It's nothing. Um, it's like a car wash getting ready for heaven, right? We have to be clean before we see God. So if you go to purgatory, it means you're just preparing to see God. God knows you Mm -hmm. need to be clean. So he gives you this gift to allow yourself to be cleaned up before you get to see him face mm-hmm. to face, which is really beautiful. So even if she is not in heaven and she's in purgatory, people in heaven hear my prayers. They're efficacious. They're all efficacious. They all get used. They all get listened to. And no matter who we are and what we do, those prayers are never lost. They're never not listened to. Even if I direct them to my grandmother and she can't do anything about it because she's still in purgatory, um, People in heaven listen to what I'm saying, okay? So what you're saying is they're still getting to God. Right. In right. one way or another. 100%. Like you, whether or not you are sending them directly to God and you're in straight communication with God, or you have others that are going on your behalf. Helping me. Correct. Right. And that's the thing that I think we get into this giant conflagration that is really difficult for Catholics and non-Catholics to understand um, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to ask them all the time, right? Um, they're alive in Christ. I'm going to hope that they're in heaven. But the whole point is, what is the difference in me asking a person who's completely alive in front of the face of Christ to intercede on my behalf or asking any of my friends who are here who are alive in Christ to intercede on my behalf? There is no difference. We're all one church. Like, it is It, it is what it is. And when you look at it from that perspective, particular perspective you start to start to see the fact that like your prayer group <laughs> gets to be giant it's giant it's right huge. right it's huge it's huge it's, it's huge. completely huge right so uh i i i kind of love that okay so um you know you'll get a lot of uh flack and feedback you know about prayer like catholics you know what in in the book of matthew is a beautiful layout for um, the Our Father prayer, right? We, we literally see that in Matthew. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like we read that beautiful prayer. Jesus was not teaching us a prayer. He was teaching us how to pray. There, there was so much to that. He was teaching us how to pray and not a very specific prayer, okay? We have to understand God is holy, so we address him as holy. We ask him for what we need, and then we thank him for those things. And then we have to understand, if it's his will, he'll give it to us. If it's not his will, you know what? We have to endure that. That's perfectly fine, right? So um, he was teaching us a method of prayer. Um, But Catholics actually have a lot of something that we call rote prayer, um, things that we pray that are recited, right? We right. all know those things together, like the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And blessed are the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Right? So um, 
That's a rote prayer for Catholics. What does that mean? It's the same prayer every single time. We don't do a lot of extemporaneous prayer. What do I mean by extemporaneous? What do you mean? Oh my gosh, that's a big word. But Jesus, we ask you, if this is your will, blah, blah, blah. And we go on with these extemporaneous prayers that last for a very long time. And, you know, I I have a lot of friends who are, like, non-denominational Baptists, and they are the kings and queens of being able to sit down and just, like, open up to prayer and, like, ask God for all these things. And I'm like, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord's with thee. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm not not so good at that, right? Right as I took a drink. Right, right. I'm so sorry. But I'm I'm Catholic, so that's not not my background. And it's okay that it's not my background, right? Um, And I think sometimes along the way... (laughs) Between Catholics and non-Catholics, we get into that thing where, like, is rote prayer okay? Is it not okay? Is extemporaneous yeah, prayer it's okay? Like, how do you pray? Is it pray? not okay? How do you pray? I like, just had a conversation today. Like, I don't know if I'm praying right. Right. And is there a right and a wrong to prayer? Right. And if I'm saying a rote prayer, does that mean it's any less meaningful than a non-rote Absolutely prayer? not. Let's go back about 20 minutes. What does prayer mean? Communication. Communication, right? That's the only thing that's really important when it comes to prayer. Like, okay, so two things. Okay, let's say you have a tragedy that happens in your life, right? And you are so frozen that you don't know what to do. But somebody says, our Father, what are your next words? Who Who are are in heaven, heaven, right? You know where to go from that point. Like, you have this rote prayer. And as Catholics, like, I know this is really funny, but, you know, we sit down to eat and we're... Somebody says, bless us, O Lord. And the rest of the room says, and these thy gifts are which we're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And like, if you're Kevin and Casey, then you go on and you pray for those in purgatory. Right, 100%. <laughs> because I eat so many times a day, I'm releasing souls from purgatory every time I say that prayer, right? So, um, but it's it's that thing that, like, there's there's this beauty to rote prayers because we know them, we can recite them together. Um, but there's also a beauty to, to extemporaneous prayer. That doesn't mean that one is better than the other or one is worse than the other. It doesn't mean one's more valid than the other. It means that they're different types of prayer, right? Mm-hmm. That's hugely important. I mean, we'll get into this probably on a podcast unto itself, but like the rosary. Um, it's a beautiful devotion. It's a personal devotion. Mm-hmm. And people think it's like, you know, shouldn't do that. Like, you know, don't pray like the Pharisees because they pray like over and over and over again. They want people to hear them. It's a repetitive prayer, right? It's a meditative prayer. Right. We say the Our Father. We say the <clears throat> Hail Mary. We say the Glory Be. Right. We say the Fatima prayer um, in the context of the rosary. Um, what does that do for us? It produces a meditative state, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like a mantra that we, we say these prayers over and over and over again. And we can concentrate on all of the things that happened to Jesus during his lifetime. His birth, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, right? And so... Well, and so sometimes I'll be on my way to work. And right. I'm like, okay, it takes me about 20 minutes to get to work. hmm and it takes me about 20 minutes to pray the rosary. 100%. So I'm just going to pray the rosary while I'm on the way to work. Right. However, I don't necessarily say that I concentrate on it the whole time, but I say it. It's just like, I'm just saying it. And then I'm like, wait a second. I'm not really meditating on the mysteries like I feel like I should be. So does that mean it doesn't count? Let's go back about 12 minutes. 
all prayers are efficacious. All prayers are effective. Huh. God doesn't count them any less because you might not be quite as focused at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. If you're communicating with him. That's like, also kind of the effort. Let, I let's think, let's too. think like, about there's this. There's so many different things that I could right. be doing on my way to work. As we're right? preparing for this podcast already, did you not say to me right beforehand, did you hear me or are you listening to me? And I answered <laughs> you exactly what you said. I was completely listening to you and you think that I'm kind of zoned out okay, in my own time out. My own you, lane. You hear me, but you're not listening. <laughs> let's be honest about this. What did you just say? <laughs> you just said that. You just said. You're maybe speaking and like you're not really thinking. Like it's it's the exact same thing. Like when you do that with God, all right, fine, you're, school me. No, literally, I'm you're you're, you're saying <laughs> the same exact thing to him. Like maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's not perfect. None of us are perfect. Right. Prayer is perfect. It's communication. Anytime we're communicate communicating with somebody else, like we have a chance to open up and learn, love, and live with each other. Right. That, there's no difference between that and what we do with God, right? We learn love when we live with God, right? He's in our lives. We're in his life. And we, we learn to rely on him and speak to him. And he understands that kind of love when we request these things from him, even if we're not 100% invested in what we're thinking, saying, doing, etc. Right. Does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Because my dad, I'll never forget this. I went through a period of time in my life where I was so, I was, I was angry with God Mm -hmm. and I was, and I would, I would call my dad and I'd call my mom and I would, I would be so upset and just frustrated with God with, you know, life circumstances and all of that. And I will never forget both my mom and dad were like, you're valid. You're valid in your feelings. You're valid in, in your emotions. And they told me, but never yell at God. If you want to yell at God, yell at God, but never stop communicating. Right. Let him know. Let him know all of it, but don't close off that communication. Always communicate with him how you're feeling. Think about like sometimes like spouses who love each other more than anything. Like they argue with one another, right? They get into an argument and Mm -hmm. things get a little heated and sometimes they're a little loud with one another. Of course. It's communication. It's communicating. It's communication. That's how you fix relationships, right? Right. Right. Um, I, I have to, I have to laugh. There was a psychologist that I watched once and you know, there was a program on television years ago that was about the whole Osborne family, Sharon Osborne and Ozzy Osborne and all their kids and everything. And it seems so freaking dysfunctional, right? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know exactly what you're But there about. was a psychologist who, who literally said, everybody knows what's going on. They mm-hmm. all say exactly what they feel, what they mean, mm-hmm. what's happening in their lives at that moment. There's nothing hidden. Mm-hmm. So the communicative effort that that family produced, even though it might seem to some Super people dysfunctional. dysfunctional, completely not. They're it wasn't all communicating. No, no, but, but they they prayer isn't always pretty, right? I I'm mean, I think about like like family members that may have. Uh, been sick and we're afraid that they're they're gonna die um <laughs> wow my my earphones just popped off of my head that's what that's what we're laughing at um family members that may like uh not be making it um that's not the prettiest prayer no like when we're asking for that kind of stuff it's not the prettiest prayer like we can't we can't necessarily think about the fact that you know i'm gonna ask all nicety when i'm 
suffering and I'm in pain mm-hmm. and I can't formulate my words well. And if we, if we actually do uh, let our raw emotion surface with God, mm-hmm. um, we're being real. Correct. But I also feel like, and I got into a point too where I thought, oh, when things are going great, I don't need to talk to God. When things are bad, that's when I clung to God. Right. And it it was a very enlightening moment when I was like, wait a second. I'm only ta- why am I only talking to God when when things when are things are bad? bad? Right. What a what a crappy friend am I? 100%. You know, like why do you want to be around somebody when all they do is, you know, when things are bad, they come to you and they're they right. just want to like meh, meh, meh. Right, right. And be all Eeyore. You don't want that, right? So, like, it, communication, it's its effort. And when things are good, you still want to communicate. When things are bad, you want to communicate. 100%. You just always want to communicate. Today was a good day. I want to thank God for all of the things that happened to me. Because how many, how many times do you do things in your life that go unnoticed? Right. And you are and you feel like, oh, what am I doing? What? Why am I doing this? Why am right? I doing this? Um... God's no different. Like we want to address the things to him that are good. We want to address the things to him that are bad. We want to address the th- things to him that are concerns of ours. Like sure. no matter how we're feeling, prayer is nothing but communication. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I will tell you that like when we think about as Catholics, when we go to mass, like the mass itself is a giant prayer. So it's the biggest, greatest, most wonderful prayer that could possibly exist on the face of the planet. Nothing right. trumps that uh, in, in the eyes of a Catholic. But um, that doesn't mean that if I am sitting in traffic on the interstate and it's been raining and suddenly the sun comes out. And even though, you know how much I hate like being stuck in traffic... <laughs> Like a giant rainbow. I pray that none of you right. ever have that to you be have in to drive with me, right? With, right, right. With, actually, I pray that none of you ever have to be on the road with me. Right, right. Okay. Maybe. But <laughs> let's the say this, cars. suddenly the sun comes out and there's a giant rainbow and I stop and I think, I might never have seen this unless I was stuck in traffic. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, sometimes even the most simple things you like just, that. You have to stop and smell the roses right. sometimes. And, and we have to communicate that to God. He's our mm-hmm. creator. He is our best friend always. Like, he, right. he knew us before we were born. He knew us in the womb. He knew everything about us because we are souls that have a shell. Mm-hmm. We have a body. Mm-hmm. And so because of him, we understand uh, what it's like to communicate with one another. Like those relationships happen because of him. So, uh, prayer can be, uh, effective no matter how we use it. It can be rote. It can be things that we recite that we know. Um, it can be things that are extemporaneous things that like people just start praying and they just keep going. And, and that's beautiful. It can be contemplative. What does that mean? Like, what we, does that mean? Um, okay, let's let's think about really quickly the fact that, uh, like, uh, you re- you read a piece of scripture, right, and you stop for a second. You're like, I'm not sure I understand what this piece of scripture means. Then you reread it, maybe reread it for a third time, and you ask yourself, What is this saying to me? 
how can I look at this piece of scripture? What is God trying to communicate with me? So right. we contemplate his word. We contemplate what it's speaking to me and what it's saying to me in that particular con- contemplative prayer. Um, let's say when I was 30, I read a piece of scripture, but now that I'm in my 50s and I and I read that same piece of scripture, what if it means something different to me? It probably does. You're right. It probably does. And what does that mean? It means that those words are alive. They keep moving through my life. Oh. Yeah? Wow. Like, right? It's not a stagnant word. <clears throat> I never it's thought something... about that that way before. Yeah. I always thought, like, it's you're something... growing and changing, right. but it makes so much sense that those words are alive, They're that growing they are and growing and changing, and with, changing you. with you. 100%, right? And wow, so that's beautiful. Contemplative prayer is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Then we can do things that are like meditative prayer. We've already talked about the rosary. There are things like the divine mercy prayer that happen where you ask for Christ's mercy for ourselves and the people around us. Um, there are things that we meditate on. We, we, we literally take them into our system and think about them and meditate on them so we can, we can pray for ourselves, pray for others, pray for situations, pray for the world, pray for our leaders, pray for anything that we need. But um, there are so many different types of prayer that we can't get stuck in the fact that like there might be a fiery Baptist minister who speaks from the pulpit and he just kind of does this thing where he like does this extemporaneous prayer for us all the time. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, that doesn't make those any more or any less valid than Hail Mary full of grace. Right. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much beauty in that. So I love the thought of that. I love the thought of like how we communicate with God. I love how prayer is literally asking, talking, telling. It doesn't it doesn't mean we have to ask for stuff. It doesn't mean it has to be bad. Sometimes it be it can be good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can say, "Lord, my day was great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I love my day. I love what happened today. I love things like uh, I have to say that um uh, a few days ago, um, I'm actually working at a theater, and we had our third round of auditions to audition for White Christmas, and we've been looking for people who tap well, and suddenly by the third time around, we had we had some killer people that walked in the door, mm-hmm. and that night, I, I literally spent a little bit of time in prayer, and I said, God, thank you. Like, this is something that we needed really bad, and you just... Delivered. You let it happen. You yeah. delivered to to all of us. Like this is going to be a great show because you mm-hmm. you did this thing. You know, um, it's all because of him, not because of anything we've done. But I wanted to stop for a minute and recognize this was a beautiful day. Right. This was a beautiful thing that happened in my life, not just a negative thing. So, um, prayer is really cool. Prayer is a great form of communication. We can communicate with those of us who are still alive. We can communicate can communicate with those who have gone before us who are still alive in Christ Correct. in heaven and and know that you know again just because I want to fix the roads in Nashville in case he can't do it my congress congressman may be able to do such um I can only do so much I know you do a lot <laughs> trust me but like those who happen to be in heaven sitting really close to God yeah might have a better spot to listen Stuff with Kevin and Casey.
All right, y'all. It's time for some questions, right? Yeah. What do you got, Case? I, yeah, I have a couple of questions. A couple of so, things that came in for us. Yep. The first one is why... So the Our Father, uh-huh. um, you know, Catholics and non-Catholics say just about all the same words. Right. However, non-Catholics... Except for the end. Yeah, right. non-Catholics put, for thine is the kingdom, kingdom and the, the power, power and the, and the glory, glory forever and ever. Yeah. Amen. So why why do non-Catholics have that on the end, and why do Catholics not tag that on to the Okay, end? so if you actually own a red-letter addition to your Bible, right? Red-letter means that those are the words of Jesus Christ. When we read the Gospels, like all of the things that Jesus says are in red. Um, when we read in Matthew that particular prayer, understand that... Jesus never said, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, and amen. The apostles themselves, in something that they wrote called the Didache, which is literally the writings of the apostles in the first century, um, in chapter 8 of the Didache, there's a beautiful piece that says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Like the apostles have affirmed every prayer that we've ever done. Mm -hmm by that piece of wording, okay? It's not something that Jesus Christ said. Um, it's an often thought situation that, you know, when Bibles were first sent out to the world, like monks literally would spend their lives sitting in candlelight at night for hours upon hours, writing and copying from one Bible to the next, that perhaps a monk may have put into a margin this beautiful exclamation by... The apostles themselves, right? We get to the end of the prayer in Matthew, the Our Father prayer, and suddenly in the margin shows up this, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen, which shows up in chapter 8 of the Didache. Um, we might see it suddenly being written into a Bible because another monk copied a previous monk's work, right? Right. Um, and therefore, it's one of those things that's an often... Like it's, it's, it's a common misconception that those are Jesus's words and they're actually not, they came from the apostles. That's why we've, we've kind of gone back to the apostolic tradition that when that prayer happened in Matthew, it ended with what Catholics pray as opposed to for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Here's another question. Yeah, go. Is silence prayer? Silence is prayer. Is that prayer. considered prayer? prayer because right. you're not necessarily communicating but you are. are you you are you, you are. are communicating you right? are yeah i mean you i think you probably already know the answer to this like think about like okay so you watch like um you know uh charlton heston in the movie the ten commandments right and there's this big giant booming voice that comes from the clouds that says thou art on holy ground right um god doesn't really do that much very like, he doesn't do that much anymore. Like, people get prophetic word, they they hear God's voice, but not necessarily, like, booming from the clouds, right, in, in that sense. So how do we actually hear God? We have to be silent. We have to be quiet. We have to listen. If we don't listen, are we ever going to hear his voice? Like, we can ask, we can ask, we can talk, we can petition, we can intercede, we can do all these things. But unless we sit back... We'll never hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. Never. So silence is very much a form of prayer. Uh, sit back and listen to what he has to say to you. It's not always delivered in words. 
sometimes it's it's delivered in feelings sometimes it's delivered because our friends say a phrase that you're like oh my god i was just praying about that and you said that out loud like yeah. his voice is loud and booming but we're not going to hear it the way that Charl- charlton heston did in the 10 commandments <laughs> we're going to hear it in different ways and one of those best ways is literally being silent right. listening to what he has to say to us one of my favorite priests one time asked me what do you think God's voice sounds like? I said, Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just right? feel like that's the type right? of voice that God's voice is. Yeah. It, yeah. Hey, your mama lives in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. That's not, that wasn't Mufasa. No, I, know. I know, but it's a Lion King, right? That's a running joke with my theater yeah, friends. Hey, your mama lives in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. Okay. That's great. Um, all right. So the last question that we have how do we pray for people or friends when we might know that they are going through something or they seem to be going through a hard time, but we don't necessarily know what it is specifically that's going sure, on, sure. but we know that they might be going through a really hard time or a rough time. How do you pray for somebody like that? Okay. So if God knew us in the womb before we were born, right? God knows who we are. He created every single one of us with a perfect imprint of what he wants us to become and what he wants us to be. If he knows us that well before we're even born, he knows everything about our hearts. He understands them and he knows them. So let's say I can't express this this thing that I have on my heart to my friends. I don't even know how to put it into words. Mm -hmm. Like I'm suffering, I have this thing, and I don't know how to say it out loud or I might not know how to know how to formulate it in my own mind to be able to say, Hey, will you pray for this request? Um, yeah. sometimes that's difficult when we're suffering, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm sure we've all been, I mean, there's that, right? times that you just, you, you, you can't don't want to, you don't want to talk to certain people right. about things that are going on. No, right. No. First of all, sometimes, cause you don't even understand it yourself. Correct. Right. Okay. So one of the best ways that you can do that, like, you know, at the end of our RCI session at the cathedral, uh, we always have like basically, you know, the prayers of the faithful that we would do during mass. And we have a list that people sign up for and we pray for specific intentions that they have written down, you know, um, uh, Lord hear our prayer. You know, we, 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 we think about it that way where we have these intentions. Um, and there are often times when I don't really know how to formulate something and I will sign that form and I'll say a special intention for Kevin. Right. Right. Um, God knows what my heart is asking, but sometimes my brain and my heart don't even correlate and and understand what I want to ask. There's so many times that happens to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know the words. When I yeah, when I get a like, prayer sheet in front of me and I'm right. like, I don't even know what I need to pray for right now. I I'm, don't even know it's. I'm what, feeling this thing. On? What what is it, Lord? I don't know, but you know me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. So. If I ask for an intention for me, or if I, like, you know, I know, let's say, um, somebody like my buddy Jeremy, like, he's suffering through something, I'll say, you know, for Jeremy, like, I don't know what's going on, I just know there's an issue that, because I love him, I want to pray for him, and I want other people to pray for him as well, so, um... I leave it kind of nebulous, but God knows. He knows, he understands, and he completely knows. Mm-hmm. And so there's never a loophole in that. So even when we don't know what we're supposed to pray for, even when we don't know what to ask for, even we have no idea 
how to communicate those ideas. It's about communication. Mm -hmm. Leave it open with God and he's going to read your heart and know everything that you need to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all, thank you so much again for joining us. 100%. Um, if you're trying to follow us on our socials, linktree slash the right stuff, L I N K T R dot E E slash T H E R I T E S T U F F, the right stuff. Follow us. You'll find our podcast on our website. You'll find our website. If you need to ask us questions, you can fill out the contact form and we'll get your questions. Uh, beyond that, you can follow us on all of our socials. If you're trying to figure out how to make one of our drinks that you can like join us, go to our YouTube page, um, and, and, be a subscriber and yeah. follow us and all those things. But hopefully we will uh, hear from you soon. Spine and Bohem. The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. 